0: Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm super excited for this week's show because we're going forward in time and then back in time. Well, to the present and then back in time. That's right, we're talking about Back to the Future Part 2, the sequel to the greatest movie ever made, which means I am joined for this very special episode by... Past, present, and future, Rob DiCristino. Hey, Rob.
1: Hey, Patrick. Although, unfortunately, I have been recast by Elizabeth Shue for this (laughs)
0: podcast. I'll allow it. All right. All right. All right. Good. Then, yes, I'm here. Can I say something right off the bat? Let's do it. Her performance as Jennifer Parker is maybe my least performance she's ever given.
1: (laughs) Your least performance?
0: My least favorite, I should say, not (laughs) my least performance. My least favorite performance she's ever given.
1: Well, I mean she has so much to do in this movie, Patrick. I you know, it's, they don't immediately even, sideline
0: her. <laughs> even the little bit she's given, she's just like broad and in a wig, and it's, it's just it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's but I'm getting great. ahead of myself. Rob, yeah, how are you, are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's baseball season. The Phillies just won
0: nine to three. Congratulations. It's getting warmer gradually. It's been then- snowing here all weekend.
1: And then colder again and then warmer <laughs> again. Uh I don't know if this happens in the Midwest, but in the northeast, this is what we call the false the false spring. This is yeah. this is where it will, you know, get it'll be 75, 78 degrees for three or four days in a row. And then we drop back down to the forties.
0: Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what we're experiencing here. So All right. cool, 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 cool. It's not cool. Um, oh, no, it's terrible. <laughs> I hate it. It's like I always compare it to like the first night your kids sleep through the night and you're like everything's going to be different now and then the next night they're up at one thirty and you're like what happened i thought well, we this agreed. breed this be- this begins the
1: the the month long um wear the jacket to work in the morning and then carry <laughs> right, the jacket exactly. to your car on the way home
0: that's exactly right
1: uh which is annoying <laughs> but whatever. whatever uh hey <laughs>
0: rob have you seen anything good lately
1: Oh man. I have seen some stuff. All right, let me start with uh a long-standing movie shame of mine that I finally rectified Ooh. this weekend. I was I was texting you Uh I watched uh, uh Catherine Bigelow's Strange Days for the first time the other night. Nice. And movie oh, rips. It's so good. Yeah, right. It's so good. Um we were chatting a little bit about it. It's, 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 you mentioned, I think, Ian, before you get into your thoughts on it, a little, little messy, a little, little, uh, yeah. maybe a little, little ambitious, but such a cool, such a cool technoir, you know, not technoir from Terminator, the other technoir. <laughs> um, you know, such an interesting kind of play on, on film noir, on, on sci fi. It's got the most, it's got like a Blade Runner y vibe, but also it's got a little Robocop in there. There's just so much fun and it's got that great, like, I always I'm fascinated by James Cameron and Catherine Bigelow collaborations, generally because they're such an interesting mix of flavors. My understanding is that they sort of wrote this together. Mm-hmm. That Cameron kind of had the pitch, and then they worked it out. And to me, you can feel the lines of like delineation between them. You can feel the Camerony stuff, but then you can also feel the Catherine Bigelow stuff and there's so much about it that like it, it like narratively it doesn't always work it's a very long movie and there's parts of it that are kind of you know but i want to focus on positive because i just had such a fun time watching this movie it was so interesting to watch and so obviously it's so many things that relate to the late 80s early 90s sort of culture when it's being developed but then so many things that still work today um this is i mean Character actor, of the movie. Like, there's just <laughs> so many great, like you know, fickner and Wilcott, and you got Sizemore in there, and Juliet Lewis is R. like, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Tom Sizemore on RIP. um And then Angela Bassett is just like, ugh, oh my everything. gosh, yeah. It's 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 just an incredible movie, even incredible performances, and it's it's one of those, you know, sometimes you go your whole life not watching movies you know you're supposed to have watched, and you you finally watch it, and you're like, oh yeah, no, that was. That right, was what right. I thought, like that was homework, you know, like I did my homework, like I watched Lawrence of Arabia finally or whatever. Um, This was just such a like I was just I grabbed onto it. I was like, yes, this is great. I'm so <laughs> glad I finally watched this. So it was good.
0: That's great to hear. Do you think if Angela Bassett had been nominated this year for her performance in Strange Days in 1995, she would have beat Jamie Lee Curtis for the Oscar?
1: This year for that. Oh, so we're moving that performance to this year. <laughs>
0: Not even that we're just saying, like, listen, we we accidentally skipped over this in 1995. <laughs> we would just like to nominate her now. She did get nominated for Black Panther, didn't she? I still haven't seen Black Panther.
1: That's Wonder, a you're fine. That's yeah. a uh, that's a that's a career you know, nomination. Well, she's been nominated yeah.
0: before, I believe so. Wasn't she nominated right? for What's she's Love never, Got to Do With It? She's never won, though. Right? She's never
1: won. No. So they're trying to get in her get her in there for a win, which she's totally deserving of
0: so i hope she. that's why me. you got a nominator for strange days i don't yeah, care can what we year it just is
1: retro retroactively go back and just nominate for these i mean we do apology oscars let's not pretend like we don't do
0: apology oscars <laughs> right. let's just be
1: like look can we just put strange days on the ballot can we just do that i'd say we
0: run her for strange days every year until she wins, until she wins.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no she's great in this and ray fines obviously you know i don't think scumbum when i think ray fines right but this was such a cool cat. you know just seeing him in this was so much fun
0: I remember being out of my mind excited to see that movie in 1995 because the trailer was cool and Roger Ebert gave gave it four stars and it's like he gave four stars to a science fiction movie this has to be a masterpiece and I saw it and I liked it but I was a little let down by the resolution of it all and then re-watching it maybe a year or two ago I did a podcast on it with Jan during COVID and Mm -hmm. loved it way more than I remembered
1: Really cool. I'm I'm excited. I, it was one of those movies where I got about three quarters of the way through it. And I definitely lost track of it a little bit. Like I definitely lost track of the plot. and Was kind of like, hold on, what are we doing? But, <laughs> but what it really did was make me go like, okay, well I'm I'm going to rewatch this anyway. Right, like I'm you know right. maybe not tomorrow, but like I'm going to rewatch this anyway. So I'm looking forward to digging into it a little bit deeper and and you know picking picking the pieces apart that nice. I hadn't quite got yet. But it was a great first watch. I haven't had a really great first watch like that in a long time.
0: That's awesome. Is it uh is it streaming somewhere? Is that how you watch it? It's
1: on I believe HBO Max. Okay. Or I'm sorry, Max. Just Max, please. Just, Just Max. call it. It's cleaner.
0: Max. Yeah. The place the place to watch HBO or something is like the tagline? I, it's like yeah, the place it's to so watch embarrassing. HBO
1: and also other things and, <laughs> and- It is an embarrassment it's it's bad things are bad things are bad well <laughs> was are so bad. Cl- i was so, it was my favorite streaming service for a while because it had all the warner stuff on there like had so many great classic movies and stuff like that and it was such an interesting and sort of wide and then they just keep trying to find ways to make it unusable yep <sighs> anyway um, anyway all right what else what else what else what else? other stuff uh uh patrick you and i both saw evil dead rise we did you
0: Want to talk about that sure if we have to <laughs> well we are. Uh, <laughs> Speaking I, of movies that were supposed to go straight to HBO Max.
1: Yeah, I um wanna just say uh, um I love Evil Dead. I love Evil Dead 2. Um Evil Dead to me has always been camp. Um I don't like the serious Evil Dead as much. Um I think this movie has some really gnarly stuff in it. I think it's got some pretty cool images and you know, cool gore and there's lots of stuff in here for you know practical effects people to pick apart and all that but i was bored <laughs> i didn't i didn't I,
0: I don't even know that i was bored but i definitely was falling asleep <laughs> and i think that's more my fault than the movies um i i it's not bad i didn't love it i wanted to love it there's no joy in it no uh, even like the joy of that thing that i describe where like the you can hear the director off camera just cackling at what he or she is getting away with there's none of that in the movie like it goes over the top but not so far over the top that you just can't believe what you're seeing
1: i mean not to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it and i'll just talk about the first 2 minutes the movie opens with rainy cam right so you're like yeah. okay like i kind of see what they're doing here but the i loved i was so in on um when the opening sequence ends and again no spoilers when the opening sequence ends the way that the title lifts yes. into, I was kind of like, okay, yeah. uh, all right, like maybe they're gonna go for it, like maybe they're gonna get weird with it, you know? Like, I'm, I'm in. Like tonally, that sets, that sets a really nice pitch for it. And then it doesn't really, it doesn't have like, any kind of tongue in cheek or any kind of. I mean, the movie's like very ostentatious, very over the top in terms of the gore. It really goes out of its way to be like, watch us just yeah. rip people into pieces. But like you said, there was no real joy with it even toward you know toward the end i i kind of i kind of had to i sighed to myself a little bit as a character uh, uh recites a famous evil deadline oh my gosh and does it with no joy <laughs> you
0: know that it, just, character. it just yanks you out of the movie there's there's yeah. Yeah. five or six direct references not just yeah, to totally. evil dead but to other horror movies mm-hmm. and every one of them just ripped me right out of the movie
1: it doesn't feel like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's, it's one of those things where I, I try to give every movie the benefit of the doubt. Now, I, I'm one thing I'm recognizing about myself is I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just getting, I'm trying to get past cynicism. I, I'm getting, I, you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm getting too old for cynicism. I'm trying to be more like, look, every movie is for somebody. Every movie is a miracle, like you say. You know, I try, yeah. try to figure something out, and I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of stuff in here where. The, the 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 energy of the violence and and if this is somebody's first horror movie maybe it, it does something for them that gets them into practical effects or get, i you know i try to give everything the benefit of the doubt but um i'm sure there's going to be a a solid contingent of horror fans who really love this and, and a solid contingent of evil dead fans of course who are going to accept it for what it is but um aside from a couple kind of interesting images there there just really wasn't too much meat on the bones there for me
0: I appreciate that they're doing something a little bit different with Evil Dead in terms of like, well, what if we set it in an apartment building rather than a cabin in the woods. Yeah. I think Alyssa Sutherland's performance as the the mom mm. is pretty great. I mean, There's in terms cool of what she yeah has to do. Um I don't mind Again, like the lack of humor, the lack of camp, because I was a fan of Evil Dead 2013. I'm a fan yeah, I think of the So Evil Dead. So I'm fine for a horror movie that just plays it straight. I, I can't quite put my finger on what's missing for me. And to be fair, I didn't love Evil Dead 2013 the first time I saw it either. There's a chance that this will grow on me.
1: Well, let's hope it does.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Um... Uh, yeah.
1: Did you, Patrick, did you see Bo is Afraid yet? No. Okay. All right. I wrote a little short review of that, so I'm going to talk about it. I just wanted to talk about it with you, if you had seen it. Uh, And then I guess the last thing I'll talk about real quick, since it's been a couple weeks now, but I haven't had the opportunity to speak about this in the forum uh, yet. It's been a while since I've been on, and I Mm -hmm. didn't write a review. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved the Super Mario Brothers movie oh nice yeah i really did i've been i've been taking some shit about that uh from from who uh just 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 people i uh i went to uh i went to the press screening and i was sort of over the moon about it and, and just so happy to see a movie that is for for first of all for kids second of all is not cheap or crass or like
0: Easy jokes, you know, like
1: not. It's and especially coming from Illumination, who are like the kings of that, the just (laughs) cheap like fart jokes and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's none of that in this movie. This is a straightforward, earnest, genuine adaptation of Super Mario. It's about a two plumber brothers get sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom, and they have to help the princess save the world. And it's so, it's such a great, you know, you know, you know me, you know, I love story and structure. It's a flat out just Joseph Campbell, you know, hero's journey. Um, and, and it it was, it was, it's nice and clean. It's like an hour, it's like barely 90 minutes. You're in and out and it's every, every beat of it works. I've seen it twice now. Um, and uh, and I I took I took it on the chin a little bit. I went to speak to my my friend teaches uh, a college film class, much the same way you do. Um, and I, I went to speak uh, just to talk a little bit about kind of what we do here and stuff like that. And I was telling them that you know these are all nineteen, twenty, twenty one year olds, and I was saying you know this. I was like I really love that one. You know, really good, really good you know structure. And one of the kids said to me, he said, you know, formula is so lazy. <laughs> and I said, motherfucker, you haven't seen half the movies I've seen. Formula is really hard. Yeah. Let's let's try to remember that certain formulas are bad because they don't have they're they're repetitive or right. they're not executed well. But there are some foundational storytelling elements that repeat for a reason. You know what I mean? Like there's a reason why. So I've been de- I've been defending that people you know. Obviously, it's making money and stuff like that, and that's great, and you know. But I just read a lot of, I have just read a lot of dis very dismissive reviews, and and I mean, if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. There's nothing wrong with not liking it. But I've read some stuff, and and speaking of with, with Bo's Afraid, the same thing, where because I'm very positive on that movie, I've grown to be more positive. In fact, when I texted you after I saw it, you and <laughs> you and Adam, I was like, I don't know if I like this. I think I said like it's brilliant, but I hated it. Yeah. Um. And I've turned around and re- re- reflecting. Um. This one. Is I think it's I just I just think it's unfair to take something that we've been asking for, which is like, let's just have a nice kids movie. Like, can't we just can't kids just get something? Can't just yeah. kids just have something that's like genuinely made and earnest, and it's about being a hero and it's for them? And they gave us this, and and everybody's kind of being like, nah, I mean, it's making money, but in the critical community, a lot of writers and stuff like that are saying like, ah, this is cheap, this is easy, and I totally disagree. I thought it was really, really, really good.
0: I still haven't seen it because Charlie went to see it with a couple of friends, which kind of was my out. Um, I guess I'll see it when it hits Peacock in 2025 when it stops making money, I guess. <laughs> yeah, got to ride it out like Maverick. <laughs> um, but it was very interesting because you were the first person I knew that saw it and you said, yeah, I, I really liked it and it you know, has a good structure to it. And I was like, OK, this is going to be better than I thought. And then for the week leading up to it, every critic was like, oh, they're piling on. This is dog shit. And then as soon as the movie came out, it's been nothing but positive uh, in terms of just audiences that have seen yeah. it on Twitter or whatever who have just been like, yeah, I really liked it. And uh, why why are we asking more from this movie than we do from other movies? Um, so yeah. I'll definitely check it out just based on your recommendation. I have no history with the video game i never played it or whatever so am mm-hmm. i going to be just like lost or what no
1: it's going to explain everything you need to know and okay. i have my
0: my friend who's, whose class i taught he's a huge nintendo guy
1: um veto if you're listening how you doing buddy um the uh and he he was a mario guy through and through and he said it was great he said he said it's not i mean it's not revolutionary or anything like that but he's like no this yeah. is perfect good representation of you know and i really thought the chris pratt thing was going to be disastrous yeah you don't know. I didn't notice it was him for most of the okay, movie. Okay, well, that's he's good. Doing, he's doing something that's, you know, different enough where you're like, I, I. it took me a little while to remember like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's Chris, That's Pratt. I forgot about that.
0: His um, participation in Guardians 3 is like part of what has me not as excited about that movie. And it's not yeah. his beliefs or his politics right, right, right. or whatever. It's just him being overexposed. You know, it's just I'm a little tired of Chris Pratt doing the one thing that he does. Um, it's hard to hold that against Guardians, though, because it's like, well, yeah, that's kind of where that came from. But right, yeah. right, right. Yeah,
1: I miss Parks and Rec. Chris Pratt. That was a good show. Yeah,
0: but uh, i have seen Guardians on Thursday, so I'll let you know. Oh, nice. Yeah, definitely. Let me know. Uh, can they? Is it too late to recast Star Lord with Aubrey Plaza? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll take Adam Scott. I'm not picky. A movie I would watch. <laughs> that's
1: that's uh, all I got. What about you, Bud?
0: Oh, well, besides Evil Dead Rise, I saw maybe the worst movie of 2023. Ooh. A little Apple TV joint called <laughs> Ghosted. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, Let me tell you, it is some grade A content. It is. It looks like a movie. It has movie stars in it. Things happen. All of it is dog shit. It is so poorly written. Um, the actors have so little chemistry together that I'm not even positive they were on set at the same time. I know they were cause there, there are two shots, although the way the editing is constructed a lot of times it's just singles. And I was like, are they acting opposite stand-ins? I don't even think they were. It's just, it's a movie that it, it took four writers to write this thing. If you don't know what ghost it is, it's, uh, Chris Evans and Ana Armas go on a date. hit it off and spoilers sleep together and then she stops talking to him because it turns out she's like a cia agent trying to retrieve a chemical weapon and he gets pulled into it um And I very jokingly on Twitter last night when I was watching it, I said, watching Ghosted makes me miss the nuance and artistry of night and day. And all these people are like, night and day is so good. And I was like, that's not the point of what I was saying. (laughs) (laughs) I would take night and day a million times over Ghosted. But let's not pretend that night and day was a great movie. It was just functional in a way that Ghosted is not. Um.
1: Looking at this cast, it definitely looks like, you know, an algorithm made this movie. Like, you oh, know, yeah. And again, trying to give things the benefit of the doubt. And I go like, all right, well, you know, two handers like that romantic comedy type movies, you know, sometimes there's mismatches. But I don't know, for whatever reason, I look at Chris Evans and Anandar Armas in the cast. I just look at the two little, the little stills of the two of them. And I'm just like, yeah, no, a computer decided to make this movie.
0: There's a whole sequence of cameos from other Marvel stars that I guess is supposed to be like fun and exciting that these people are showing up in this shitty movie. Uh, Adrian Brody plays the villain in a way that's completely uninteresting and not compelling. If you want to see him play a much better villain, go watch the pilot for poker face on Peacock because he's great in that. Uh, to watch Face. I have Not, not so. I haven't finished the season, but he was great in the first episode. Uh, yeah, it's just it, it was it was astoundingly shitty. And
1: uh, what's Apple TV got that's good? What have they done so far that's good?
0: Movie wise, I mean, they just, won yeah. the award for Coda. They did. They had a show um, called Shrinking that was on. Yes, recently that was good. Solid. Yep. Um, I don't know what else they had. That WeWork show. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's what's streaming where, but Apple TV is not paying for itself with shit like Ghosted. I what? thought Shotgun Wedding was a bad version of this movie. Like, hey, what if there were movie stars? But this right. is a way worse movie than Shotgun Wedding.
1: And just looking at the poster is. This... Making me uncomfortable. They don't look like they they don't look like they know they're each, next to each other in the poster. And... It's
0: bananas. And it's this thing where it's like the screenwriters decide, hey, wouldn't it be cool if um they just bicker and fight the whole movie as though that's a way to endear us to your characters? And it does not work. Is Chris Evans? What are we doing with Chris Evans? Or is Chris I don't Evans? Know. Can he is, do anything outside of Captain America? I know right. he can, but like he's not doing anything outside of Captain America.
1: Like I recently showed a class Scott Pilgrim, and he's doing a thing in that movie, and he's great in like Sunshine. Yeah, and he obviously does his thing as Captain America, and like sometimes he'll take a chance. Like what? What was the 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 the, the monkey the monkey shines movie where he? What, what's the 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 the, um, the Top Gun guy the movie he did what's the movie on netflix <laughs> Shit, i'm sorry the
0: monkey oh that's not him that's chris hemsworth
1: oh that's chris hemsworth and i don't
0: remember the name of that movie but i know the exact movie you're talking about i'm so I glad it. you
1: know what i'm talking
0: about <laughs> i definitely watched that movie i did not yeah. like it but yeah. that was hemsworth okay all right never mind that never mind that chris, anyway, so- chris uh, evans did the gray man with the russo brothers on netflix which i have not seen
1: i have seen that and you're fine um except for some <laughs> henwick except for some henwick we got to call out henwick Je- uh, we have we have jessica henwick citing. we need to call it out um because we love her and by we I mei mean um <laughs> but uh yeah i'm trying to decide like is he overexposed is he underexposed is he like speaking of chris's like when i look at chris pine i'm like chris pine is always to me feels like a guy who we didn't it was not i it was it was either born out of the generation that was good for him in terms of his movie star persona or we just you know we never got him the right parts you know kind of like rosario dawson where it's like it's like you're great and we just can't seem to put you in the right shit yeah i mean obviously chris pine has had great starring roles and things and he's gotten a chance to show off a lot of stuff but i'm i'm so curious speaking of the 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 um ghosted stuff you've been talking about how we're using people in the algorithm age now like how we i'm almost wondering if do, do we have casting directors that sit down with directors and decide on actors anymore or is it just like a roll of the algorithmic dice now is it just
0: i think it's I the latter i don't know i there's nothing about not that they would need to screen test these two because obviously they're both big stars and they're right. just being signed onto this movie without auditioning but like on day one, when they were filming with them and realized they had zero chemistry, they probably should have recast. Yeah. It's, uh, another movie. I won't watch. It's astoundingly shitty. Um, the, oh, I watched a movie called Candyland from last year. That's been talked about on a few podcasts. I heard Elric talk about it on colors of the dark. I just heard Sean Fennessy talk about it on the big picture a movie about truck stop sex workers that turns into the kind of a slasher movie it's not really worth seeing unfortunately i'm always hoping for the next great indie horror this was not it um do i know john Swab's
1: work at all do i know his not that
0: i i don't think i did when i saw the movie all
1: right
0: and the only other thing i'll talk about is a movie that i can't quite recommend because it upset me so greatly but i had never seen a movie like this it's called it's a documentary from 2020 uh that's on netflix that apparently i'm very late to getting to because when i pulled it up on wikipedia it said like at the time it was the most watched documentary in netflix history and i was like i had never heard of this and i'm three years late to the party it's called american murder the family next door and uh, Erica is obsessed with like true crime stuff. That's she loves to put on Dateline and anything true crime. And the only reason that I call this out is because I think it's. I think it's very impressive as a piece of filmmaking. It's a, it's like the first entirely found footage documentary I've ever seen where it's entirely put together through um, video blogs that the victim made. And police surveillance footage and security camera footage. There's no like talking heads. There's no narrator. There's no text. It's just put together through like existing footage. And it tells this awful story of a guy who kills his wife and two kids. And, uh, it upset me so much that I couldn't sleep that night. Um, because there's just there's there's something different you know the the aesthetics of a dateline i think can keep you at a remove in a yeah. way that this couldn't um when it gets to him describing exactly what he did to his family to a police officer i just was so upset by it that like i couldn't shake it for at least 24 hours so i can't exactly recommend the movie if you're very sensitive but if you're into this kind of stuff and you think you can handle it it's it was very unique and very well done
1: i've not seen it i'd be very curious to watch it i used to have a really hard time i remember being a kid some of the more sleepless nights that i had were after watching like a you know news like a like a news magazine like one of the you know 60 minutes or whatever yeah where they would get into like home invasion stuff or whatever anything like that any any kind of you know domestic kind of violence always made me really uncomfortable but i'm interested in it now just i mean the in terms of the the formal you know yeah. The form of it that you talked about i'm very interested to hear that to see that so maybe i'll check
0: it out yeah it's you know it's the kind of it's the kind of movie that could only be made in 2020 or something now that everything is being filmed
1: right you can actually get actual right <laughs> footage. so that
0: part of it is interesting but man it's it's a tough watch mm, mm, mm. you know it's not a tough watch hey back to the future part two from 1989 Directed by Robert Zemeckis, written by Bob Gale, not Robert Zemeckis. Not Robert Zemeckis. Which might explain some things about this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I had just watched this movie in the past week as part of my ongoing Robert Zemeckis festival that I was having at home and talked about it briefly on the podcast with Adam last week. And so when we were trying to think of something to do, you had said, well, what about Back to the Future 2? So, what was it about BTTF Deuce? Did you want to uh, talk about? Well, it was a lot. Uh, but <laughs> I should
1: start by saying <laughs> I have a list. I have a list of those. Um, I should start by saying that um, Back to the Future is your favorite movie. It's yeah. one of my favorite movies as well. It's a masterpiece. There's nothing in either of the sequels that really touches it. There's no, it goes without saying that movie is, is you know, Scales ahead of anything we're talking about here today. Um, but when I was a kid, I watched two more often. I was a huge fan of Back to the Future 2 as a kid and re-watching the movie last night. I am still a huge fan of Back to the Future 2. Um, it was a really, really formative movie for me in ways, like I was texting you last night when I was watching it, I, I-, I didn't even really process until now not really thinking about it um things to do with like family stuff and and lots of stuff that we'll talk about um but i guess I'll, I'll, I'll get into this first by saying that this was a movie that i watched a ton on tape over and over again um as a as a young movie lover as a young a, a person who really loved the way or was at least starting to think about the way that movies are made um the idea of essentially characters going back into a movie they were already in and like running around in the margins and trying to find ways around things, which of course now happens in every other Marvel movie. Like this happens all the time now. And I'm not saying back to the future two invented it, but when I was a kid, this was the first movie I saw that did that. And it was the first movie where you were really looking at things that happened in the movie before it. And then really looking at it from a different perspective and going like, well, hold on, did we learn the right lessons from this? Are we are we thinking about this the right way? Uh, um, so many things about the way the movie was was created. I think this and Empire Strikes Back were the two movies where I was really I got into effects for the first time and like okay. probably Gremlins as well, where I really started like because obviously Michael J. Fox is running around this movie playing six different parts and some sometimes in the same shot. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, wait, how did we do this? So that's probably when I first learned about how split screen worked and and and, and superimposition in terms of compositing and all that. Like, there's just so many things things whether or not we you know we'll dig into all the goods and bads of this movie but this was one of those foundational formative movies to me um that now today when i hear that the movie has you know not such as good a reputation maybe um i'm always not surprised to hear that but i'm always taken aback cuz i'm like oh no no this movie was way 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 important to me I, again not speaking to the quality probably more important to me growing up than the first one
0: okay I mean, I won't say, like, it's as good a Back to the Future sequel as we could have hoped for, because I I will argue that, and this is something that I wrote, by the time this podcast comes out, there will be this article that I wrote about this Zemeckis Festival that I had, and I kind of came to the conclusion that, like, I probably like 2 and 3 almost equally now, and 3 I like more than I used to because it restores some of the original's heart. And I think Mm -hmm. two is missing the heart. I think if two had more of a heart, it would be as good a sequel as we could have hoped for.
1: There's no doubt. I'm like, and I, I no disagreement whatsoever. Back to the future two is a really mean spirited nihilistic movie. Like it's, it, it is, I mean, there's no doubt about it. And, and I respond to that not in a very different way than I responded to in the first one. I think that this, the first movie, you know, lots of things have been written and said about how it's kind of this celebration of the Reagan era, era, era. Um, you know whether intentional or not so intentional so right. it's, you know sort of this one to me is so much i there's so much to this that's kind of about the fallout of that like the way that sure. the family then falls apart that the way that you know we've obviously got the biff character in here is this kind of well you know frankly a donald trump analog and 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 there are lots of repercussions um for for the family and 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 so much about making marty a character um, we'll talk about the chicken thing. I, I, which is dumb. Like it's dumb. It's so dumb. It's so dumb.
0: It would but, be less dumb if it wasn't his only character trait.
1: But the thing about it, and I was just doing this in my film class the other day, explaining things about characters, round and flat characters and stuff. And and you know when you watch the first movie, Marty McFly is not. The, really the main character right george sure. mcfly is the main character right. lorraine and george are the main characters when you talk about character theory you talk about how a character grows and changes over the course of the story nothing yeah. happens to marty mcfly he doesn't right. grow or change over the course of the movie he goes in to do things he does them and he, he leaves he's fun he's more of an audience surrogate than anything yes. else right because yeah. we're because yeah. he's so fucking cool and he's so smart and interesting and you just love him to death and and you no know, Doc's there for exposition, but it's George who changes and grows. Yeah. So when they sat down, and they've said in interviews every time they're asked about this, when they sat down to write this, you know Zemeckis and Gail were just like, we realized that Marty isn't really a character, and we have to give him something to define him. So they give him this nobody calls me chicken thing, which is so cheap and so easy and so stupid, but that also to me – and this is where I get into my defense – it does kind of – speak to a little bit of the i guess illusory nature of the first movie the way that it's kind of this fantasy and then the way that that i don't i don't want to say arrogance there's a the sort you know we we've talked a lot now in the last 10 20 years about the the sort of quote unquote problematic nature of 80s film characters you know mm-hmm. the way that there's oh, sort yeah of the- you know what i mean like kind of especially these sort of white male characters who are sort of in charge of you know the ferris buellers of the world and all that um and i don't believe this to be intentional this is just me reading it you know in 2023 um thinking about it as like you well, know, sometimes there are consequences of that and sometimes there are, there are, there are things where that you know uh, that things fall apart or, or things go a certain way and it exaggerates or amplifies some of that ego some of those negative qualities and now that's what that's how marty brought his whole life crashing down around him and all that and um i definitely agree with you that speaking of empire strikes back and every other middle sequel that goes darker which is now a cliche (laughs) um you you need the third movie to rebalance yeah you know but that that to me doesn't take away my affection for for this quote-unquote darker middle chapter
0: it does a lot of things right, and I, I I love it a little less now than when I did as a kid, and I think that's because I love the original even more. And it's that thing that you talk about a lot of times when you talk about Scream, where you're just like, I'm good with Scream. I don't need any Scream sequels. And that's how I feel about Back to the Future where I watch, when I watch Back to the Future it's not as part of a trilogy when when I tell people my favorite movie is Back to the Future and they're like which one I look at them with a with disgust yeah. where I'm just like why yeah. are you even asking which me that <laughs> <laughs> Um I I won't say that the sequels don't exist in my mind but just they're in a different class I don't put them on the same level as the original Having 100%. said that you know, you brought up the the whole thing about going back into the first movie and seeing it from a different angle. Like this is the first time I've seen that in a movie too, and I we shouldn't undervalue how clever that is. It's so, so interesting. And they yeah. do a
1: lot of really cool stuff with it.
0: Yes. You know I what I feel mean? They're like... not just st- it, it's been ripped off, as you said, by yes, Avengers everyone. Endgame or Happy yeah. Death Day to you. or and, and when other movies do it, I kind of get excited because I'm like, oh, we're doing a Back to the Future 2. Okay, cool. Right. <laughs> um, but I do feel like, you know, this movie's legacy these days is more about that middle section where Biff is in charge. The nightmare in 1985, simply right. because we lived through 2016 to 2020 and we were like oh my gosh, we're living in the middle section of Back to the Future 2. But I don't think we should we should underplay how clever that the whole last third is.
1: It's so interesting. And I mean, just the, the idea of like, when you look at it from a structural perspective, okay, or a narrative perspective, Marty's got to go back to 1955. He's got to go back into the first movie. And not only that, he has to not be seen by right. his other self. Right. right. He has to solve problems w- within like around the margins of what's happening in the movie the events of the movie also he's remembering them as he's going through it and so he's like oh no wait i can use this oh i can go oh i'm 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 on stage playing johnny be good let me go over and use that as a distraction just hey biff's about to get knocked out by my old man let me go over there and grab the like, grab his wallet you know i think right. he took his wallet you know all that stuff
0: <laughs> i think he took his wallet i think he took his wallet
1: i think he took his wallet <laughs> um uh even just little things like fleshing out you know even though it's not the cleanest you know it's a little bit sweaty like like the whole thing with with the car and with Biff and i really i want to talk about old biff i i think old biff is a really really interesting um concept because i love the way, i love the way that old biff is so frustrated with young biff yeah where you know where he's just like you know he knows how to turn the car on or he's like you know you know um yeah, you get do you, do you have a safe no you don't have a safe. You, know, like, you, have a
0: safe.
1: <laughs> you sound like a damn fool when you say it wrong. You know like he's got and th- that to me is kind of along the lines of like the reflective quality of the movie where like the first movie turns Biff into this like neutered wimp at the end. Um I like this as like kind of an interesting kind of, you know, perspective like kind of look back because Biff's an old man now and his grandson's this horrible just, you know, carbon copy of himself and <laughs> you know Did you become the physical, physical thing? Perhaps. <laughs> What paying you for?
0: I have this movie memorized. Um, I, I, this is where it's going to be hard for me not to be too precious about the original because there's stuff in the second one that I just don't want in my mind. Like I'm fine with Biff being a bully. I'm fine with Biff being a sex pest in the original. Like I, I understand who Biff is. He's the the bad guy at the school, but he's not. A psychotic murderer, and that's what he is in the second movie, and yeah. Marty is kind of an asshole, and the notion that Marty's going to just grow up to be George McFly spits in the face of of what his journey in the first movie is, right? I mean, to an extent,
1: and I do think you're. I mean, I definitely think you're taking away from the first movie what you want from it. You know what yes, I mean? The way we yes. all do, where it's like yes, you're yeah. you're taking your your lessons, your your character beats, and all the stuff to you. To me, it doesn't read as like discordant for me because okay. I'm like, as I said before, Marty's got the. You know he's got that not again not arrogance, but just like the confidence and he's got the you know he's the if the first movie is sort of celebrating you know the the truck and and i've I've got this upper middle class family now, and everything's good when you get to the end of that and you come to the second one, the idea that Marty would think to himself and it's not super well motivated and it, as you said it does it would be better if marty was there there was a reason why he wanted the sports almanac aside from just like, what if I just made a ton of money i I understand that that feels. A little bit, you know, but I also don't think that it's not there either. I don't, I think you could argue either way. I think you could argue that it's not there because Marty McFly is somebody that we love. He's just the best. I right. just love Marty McFly. Right. But if you take that away and you go like, all right, well, would this kid do this? When you look at all the things that happened in the first movie and the, where, where he ends up at the end, and, you know, Doc comes to him at the beginning and, and, you know, what's going on? We all we all become assholes or something? And, mm-hmm. and you see they change it this time rather than the way they did in the end of the first movie. Doc gives that look where he's like, uh, I don't know. You know. It's different. It's When they reshoot it, it's different than the end of the first movie because they knew where we were going with this. There is a little I I feel like it is threaded enough where you can see that. And then when you pair it with Biff, where it's like Biff obviously is this horrible, selfish monster and he takes the opportunity right away. Marty gets to see what would have happened had he gone that direction. And obviously, I don't think, you know, when you when you're talking about heroes and villains, it's not that heroes and villains don't have the same thoughts or the same feelings. It's that they respond to them in different ways. Right. You know? And so I think this actually kind of enhances um um that relationship between with with the McFlaws and with Biff and, and that contrast between them. And I also think that it makes I, I can understand your point where it's like, I don't really want, I don't want Biff to have internal life. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I just like, right. I don't really need, I don't need my high school villain to have like you know, the, the old version of him coming back and trying to improve him and make him better. But it also does kind of show that Biff is irredeemable. I don't know. I just, there's lots of things about it that are really interesting to me. And, and speaking of kind of projecting your sort of your, you know, which we should, the movies are, you know, movies are prayers, movies are diary entries, right? We mm-hmm. take what we want. I really was realizing the other night when I was talking to you about this um, the middle part, the darker part with Biff and everything. I, you know, not to get too far into it, but Patrick, you and I are both children of divorce, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, when when I, (laughs) there's really no other way to say this. I, I related to a lot of what was going on with Marty in the middle of the movie. I I had a stepfather that I did not get along with and who did not get along with me. I, 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 you know, my mom went through some stuff. It's not the same. And my, my father is still with us, you know, and and it's not quite the same, but, I found I really found myself drawn, I think, to this movie as kind of a way to help me process that. Mm-hmm. And there's this element of like your family's all messed up and it and it's kind of your job to make it better. And that's kind of always been my like one of my weird little insecurities and why I have all kinds of, you know, issues sometimes is is I do take a lot on and I and I feel it's my responsibility to to do this and that. And I think when I was watching this movie so many times as a kid, I really only now watching it the other night, realizing like that's probably why I was really drawn to this one because i definitely felt like my life was in chaos in that way and i needed to fix it
0: and that's super meaningful like if if you're able to take that away from this movie then i'm glad that it exists if only for that reason because for so long i've looked at it as just a live action looney tunes you know i've been like oh this is just them experimenting with wacky energy Right. As they are sort of want to do. They, you know, whether it's used cars or death becomes her or back to the future, too. It's just like they have that sensibility. Um, But I've never really considered like what's going on beneath the surface to that degree. And so if. If you have found something in it that is meaningful to you, then I'm glad there's a back to the future, too.
1: Yeah, no, I, I really, I, I get like again. I would never argue that this movie is anywhere close to the first one. I, as you said, Looney Tunes. It's mean. It's nihilistic. It doesn't have the. There is an element of like you look at the first movie and you see that the first act sets up all these character beats and things, and then as we go into the past, you, there's that element of like, oh, it's secular, right? We we have that. We have the sort of like oh, your parents did this and they still do it and they pass it right. to you. And by right. the time we get to Back to the Future 2, and it's a little bit more like. Uh, but it's more blunt, obvious, like, yeah. you know, I wouldn't marry you even if you had a million dollars, you know, stuff like that, where it's a little less elegant and you're kind of like, all right, guys, come on, like, we, we, get, it, <laughs> we get it, we get it, let's give it. There is, I, I do think that there's a nice symmetry there to that still. And I do think that in this movie, the extremes are more extreme for, I think, I think for a reason, for a stylistic reason, because the story is going to get darker, it is going to get more. Downtrodden, it is going to get there. There is a little bit of lack of heart, and I and I love the the end of the movie when Doc sends the letter and and you know and he says you know he's in the old West but he's alive you know and there's only one man that can help me and then you that to me is like that's the line of the movie I love the way this movie ends where it's Marty realizing he opens the letter Hey kid you okay you need any help he's like there's only one because he knows what's happening right now is. Back to the Future is about to be over.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to go see the end of Back to the Future. Like, like...
0: <laughs> I will admit to like kind of getting chills at that moment. It's every so time cool. it happens. Yeah. I yeah. I love
1: that. I think you can say, oh, it's easy or whatever. It's cheap. But no, I think it's great. I think it and I think it bring it brings the uh, tend to, to use the, the term meta textual narrative again like, <laughs> like you know, we, we use that so much now yeah but that's so cool that it ends at the beginning you know with, you know the ends of the end of the last one or whatever you want to call it like i love that i think that's so cool plus you get to watch the end of back to the future
0: again <laughs> i just i wonder how much spielberg was involved in these second two movies because it does feel a little bit like it's missing his touch as a producer yeah. um Because there does seem to be a little bit less concern for sort of the overall, I don't want to say audience experience because they're definitely trying to make movies that entertain and they succeed with both two and three. I don't want to talk too much about three because maybe someday we'll do a part three three podcast. I don't know. But like um, it, it really does seem like Zemeckis and Gale get a, green light not that they need a green light to do a Back to the Future 2 and 3 but they're like listen we'll do a 2 and 3 but you have to let us do whatever we want and Universal's like yeah sure please just make a 2 and 3 and they go about it with less concern for like "Ah, this is not fair I'm I'm processing this as I'm saying it Um, they're, they're using it as an excuse to play with toys that they've always wanted to play with I don't disagree. Instead of instead of like, oh, we have this story that we will really, we really want to tell and we want to continue these characters. I mean, they, they still do that stuff, so it's not that there isn't any of that, but it's like we want to make a Western, so we're gonna use Back to the Future three as our excuse to make a Western and we wanna do all this crazy shit. Um this wacky zip around, you know, time travel movie. Uh, so we're going to use back to the future Two as our excuse to do that, you know, and, and that's their right to do it. It just, again, it lessens the audience experience a little bit for me.
1: And you think about, you know, from a marketing perspective, from a production perspective, you say like, all right, the first movie iconic for certain things, the movie, as, as Zemeckis and Gail have always said, it's just like, I was going through my parents' high school yearbook. I saw a picture of my dad and I was like, what would my dad, what would I be friends with my dad? If I met him in high school, right, 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 and that's where everything spins out, right? So there's that sort of you know pathos to it, and you're and you're kind of like this is you know this is so interesting. On top of Delorean theme, you know uh, uh, Clock Tower, all the stuff that goes with it, right? Then when you come to time kind to of make the sequel, it's like, well, maybe there's not as much inherent like that 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 core nut is kind of gone you know you don't have that the second time so then it's like all right well what what worked in the first one or what would audience respond to so yeah to me there's definitely you know things like hoverboards and let's see the let's see hill valley again from in the the future and i the 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 2015 doesn't interest me as much i'm always less interested in the opening of the movie I, i i kind of wake up when we get to when we get to the darker part in the middle um but uh, I I, def- I don't dis- I don't disagree. That's the thing is like it's because I knew we knew you know, we've talked about Back to the Future two in the past. I've always really liked it. You've always been kind of less hot on it. Yeah. And and I don't disagree with any particular thing because Back to the Future one means so much to you. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. two because it's like no, it is it is darker. It does kind of take a lot of the steam out of it. It is kind of hard to watch, you know. And um. It, it, Coincidentally, this is also my argument about The Lost World, Jurassic Park, a movie yeah, I also def- I, a oh, movie boy. I also defend. Yeah. Um, which is again not nearly as good as the first one. But
0: um <laughs> And again, uh, I'm very i I'm very fortunate as a fan of Back to the Future that two and three are still good movies because yeah. I can't imagine being if Jurassic Park was my favorite movie, yeah. I would be devastated <laughs> if I just got shitty sequel after shitty sequel.
1: All right. We have more to talk about. Let me throw a couple rapid fire things at you. All right, I like it. All right. All right. So for, we already talked about the way they changed the opening so that when Marty says, um, what do we turn out to be assholes?
0: Doc makes a face. And so um, that Claudia Wells is played by Elizabeth Shue.
1: Claudia Wells is played by Elizabeth <laughs> Shue. Um Speaking of which, I wrote here in my notes, dropping Jennifer sucks. It sucks. What you hear is that they just couldn't figure out a way around it in terms of the story. Where they oh, and they, like,
0: they have flat out said, like, we never planned to make a sequel. Had we right. planned to make a sequel, we wouldn't have put Jennifer in the car at the end, in the car day. at the end.
1: We had to get rid of her because we had nothing for her to do. Right. right? The the impetus or
0: the uh, the, uh, the
1: the 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 response to that might be, uh, guys, you're the screenwriters. Yeah, Exactly. Find something to come do. up with something for her to do. <laughs> you're very clever. <laughs> You guys actually, you're in charge of what happens in the movie. You wrote Back to the Future.
0: <laughs> we know that you're very smart and capable.
1: Yeah. Uh, second, um, what did we do to the sky that we can control the weather in 2015? <laughs> um, is it this is, a, is it a matrix situation? What's what's what did we do to the environment? Do, is it a synthetic environment? Did we just give up? Um, Let's see. Uh, uh Real quick baseball corner. Okay. Uh, yeah. Baseball note, obviously, yeah. uh, Marty mentions, or it's it's mentioned to Marty that the Cubs won the World Series in 2015 against Miami. Um, this was funny, one, because the Cubs were historically a terrible team. Yeah. Two, there was no Miami baseball team in right. 1989. The Florida Marlins did not become a team until 1993. They did not changed their name to the miami marlins until just a few years ago and coincidentally the cubs did go on to win the 2016
0: world mm, series mm.
1: that's my baseball corner i had to throw it out there that's mostly just for me and adam
0: <laughs> i do feel like the 2015 stuff appeals most to kids because it's got the hoverboard and it's got the shoes yep. that lace up and the jaws thing popping out and it's like that's all really fun that's really neat i wonder if the future is going to be like that but it is pretty uninteresting because it's yeah. basically just redoing beats. It's from a good example film. of
1: why the, the, the Hill Valley stuff and from the exact same scene in the first one, why it's so good, because right. we have the, we have the foresight, we have the benefit to look back and say like, or we have the hindsight, sorry. Um, right. we, we can be like, oh, geez, look how quaint this is. Or look how, you know, all that. And with this one, it's kind of like, I guess that would be cool. I, yeah, I don't know. I always, <laughs> I always, I'm never as interested in the, in the opening part of the movie. Um,
0: well, and to their credit, because the whole movie could have been that. Mm-hmm. And to their credit, they didn't just say, well, what if we just redo all the beats of Back to the Future exactly. except in 2015? They're like, yeah, we'll do that for a couple of minutes. But then we need to go someplace new. And they do.
1: I saw someone the other day, uh, not in real life on the internet, with a Surf Vietnam shirt. I, I realized I nice. wanted that Surf Vietnam on the billboard <laughs> behind Marty and Doc as they debate. Um but, uh, yeah, no, uh, two ties. Marty has two ties. That's what they're point. wearing in the future. Waiting for that to come around. Um, I just the
0: whole the whole gimmick of, of Michael J. Fox playing all the parts. I don't think it works because he's not particularly good or funny yeah. in any of them. And that's nothing against Michael J. Fox, who obviously could do no wrong. But, like, it seemed like a marketing gimmick. I remember the trailers being like, Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox michael j fox and it's like haha i get it he's gonna play all these parts but it doesn't add up to anything um i don't like where they take marty i just i don't like that they make marty george 2.0 because of the whole needle needles is the new biff and you could say history repeats itself and the sins of the father and blah 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 but i just to me part of the message of one is undoing those cycles um and so to say like, yeah, but we just fall right back into it is cynical and lazy to me.
1: It is. And, and, you know, obviously that's something that's rectified in the third one, right? The idea is that it back to the future three kind of rectifies that a little bit with the ending, you know, with the, with the, right. the car race and all that. And, but then you could also say, you know, you're a, you're like a pharmaceutical company. You're inventing a problem so that you can have a solution <laughs> exactly, to it. You right? know? Yeah. 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 I no, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree at all. I I really don't. I don't, I think on that, on that point we're we're kind of in the same boat, um, I do though, you know, I think that uh, I do think this is I still think this is a worthwhile exercise though. I do think this is this is something that's really interesting to do um and and I do I I think this is as much when you look at the technology stuff when you look at the split screen as I mentioned before with Marty playing all the parts in the in the same thing even just the way that they're hiding cuts when it comes to Marty running around the in 1955 when he's running around the first movie just from a from a special effects standpoint I think that there's a lot of really interesting stuff in here that's kind of building on things that you know started in the first one and 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 continued on throughout a lot of Special effects films in the late eighties and early nineties, and I just think as an exercise, it's really interesting. But you know, same thing as you said with like, yeah, uh, I say with Scream, or you say with this, or you know, with The Matrix, or whatever. Where yeah. you know, the sequels are always kind of just like over here. They're always just right. you know, right. there's nothing that can happen in any of them that changes anything that happens in the first one. The first one is on its own. It's 18 steps above anything else. Yeah. The rest of it is just kind of an interesting exercise.
0: Yeah, and and Back to the Future too is certainly an interesting exercise. It um It's funny because I know, you know, a lot of the motion control technology that they use for Back to the Future 2 was stuff that they sort of pioneered on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Right. And during this week, as I've been watching all these Zemeckis movies, I didn't have a chance to go back and rewatch Roger Rabbit, but I did just show it to a class recently. And I did go back and read from like 2011. I did like a director essentials on Robert Zemeckis. And I shouldn't bring it up because I don't want people to go back and read it because for whatever reason I'm real fucking mean to who framed Roger Rabbit. Wow. I'm just like I'm just like this movie does not work and I don't know why I thought that. Because I just rewatched it like a month ago and it's great. It works beautifully. It's so good um we've
1: all been to be fair we've all been there when you've I don't written know why. when you've written as many articles as you know as patrick has as i have folks out there like sometimes i recently had to send my portfolio to somebody and i was like scrolling through i was going "Ooh, no don't read that don't read that <laughs> that's a terrible take Ooh, that's bad writing Ooh, don't Ooh, no no but that's okay we love, we live in our mistakes we live in our change you know life is changed yeah.
0: that's all good anyway i admit i was wrong about who framed Roger yeah.
1: Um all right, so real quick, I have to we have to send uh some love uh to our, our dear friend Adam Risky. Yes. um who did me the honor of lending me for one and only time one of his bits. Uh oh, okay. he sent me back to the future two newspaper poll oh, nice. <laughs> from the Chicago Tribune, nineteen eighty-nine. I'm gonna read a couple. I really just want to read you one poll quote because it's very as and Adam mentioned this too in our conversation, very indicative of the fact that like uh, movies like a lot, like, it's, you know, yeah, some of them are fairly innocuous, you know, blockbuster, all of Michael J. F- uh, Fox's fans will have a ball. Uh, that was Gene Shallot. Uh, Roger Ebert gave this thumbs up, but, uh, I've got one here from, uh, David Anson from Newsweek. Mm-hmm. It says high spirited. It's a breathless mixture of gung ho adventure and pointed social satire. Um, not, he's not super clear on what satire is. Um, <laughs> high spirited romp back to the future part two leaves you exhausted but happy. <laughs> it definitely leaves you one of those things.
0: Yeah, he's not wrong. I mean, he's it not is not wrong about that. It is an exhausting movie uh, uh, to its credit. You know, I think that's yeah. something that they set out to do and that's something that they achieve. Um, here's one, here's one from or this
1: is the only other one I'll read. Richard, uh, is it Richard Schakel from Time Magazine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, This one might as well have been written by fucking Rob DiCristino. Read this. Uh, Rich in invention and astonishment, a powerful narrative drive and infectious geniality. It's satirically acute, intrinsically structured, and deftly paced. I fell asleep reading that. They put that in the newspaper. That I write like, shit like that sometimes. Like, who yeah. is who's going yeah. to see? And it's the, the top based one on too. That it's the first club. one. Oh it's the first God. one at the top. Yeah. Wow. Um Anyway, I thought that was fun. Thank you, Adam, very much for. Letting <laughs> Thank me.
0: you, Adam. Do you think the studio went back to Richard Chikloan and they were just like, "Could you just say thumbs up? Could <laughs> you just? It's just we it's, get that it's listen. a copyright violation, but just just, uh, just say thumbs up. It's, it's like maybe like a letter grade or like something <laughs> like, something like How about the uh, fun.
1: Yeah. How about yeah. fun? Yeah, did you say fun? You say fun? <laughs> Wait, is it fun, guys? Is it fun? Did we make it? fun? Oh, we didn't make it. Fun. Oh, shit. oh. All shit. right, sorry, sorry, Richard.
0: All right. I know I don't want to go into three too much, because uh, as we said, maybe we'll do a three show. But like, what? Where are you at on three?
1: Three to me is like fine. I, I I've never had a. I, you could put three on, and I'd watch it. Yeah. You know, like I I don't. I, there's some stuff in there, but again, it makes. This is the same. I'd argue that it's done a little cleaner because you have Clara, but this is the thing where now it's like okay. In the second one, we made Marty into a character. Now we got to make Doc into a character, right? And they add layers to him and give him a whole thing. And um, I think what they do with him in that movie is way more successful than Nobody Calls Me Chicken. Yes, um, easily. But because yeah. this because this movie has so many other things on its mind, whereas Three is much more of like okay, let's recenter a little bit. Um. I heard somebody at some point, it may have been you, somebody with, with us, you know, you or Adam or somebody, or maybe a friend of mine, um, said, uh, that basically called it the return of the Jedi The series. Like, it's, it's just like, it's, it's a joyful, you know,
0: yeah.
1: high spirited adventure, you know, like, it's just more <laughs> like, listen, let's just go back and play the hits. Like, let's go back and how play about, the hits. Uh, how about fun? Let's do some fun. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Richard, Wild West like, fun? Yeah, we, can we get Richard to say something nice this time? We got we got a, a old stickle over there. He's uh, we, Let's try to get him back. They're all at the press screening with him, like watching him watch it. Like, is it fun? Oh, is holding, it
0: intricately structured? Holding his thesaurus.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, is
1: it definitely pace? How deft was the pace in this one?
0: <laughs> Dick. And how much satire, honestly, is there in 2? Because I would argue 2 doesn't become satirical until until 2016 when it's yeah. like oh two predicted the future
1: right that's basically all that is i mean i understand that what they probably mean when they say satire is all the biff 10 and stuff because it's like look he's donald trump but that's not what satire is um (laughs) but but that's fine that's a word it's like the word aesthetic where like now everybody just uses oh my gosh and it's like the internet taught you guys that word and you're all using it wrong Um, rosie
0: rosie uses it as an adjective like it's so aesthetic that's the internet.
1: Yeah, that's my my students do that too where they they refer to aesthetics and they refer to um things. Well, we won't get into it. I'm not going to shake my 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 fist at the cloud. I will. Um,
0: this is the Back to the Future 2 episode. That's a good point. Yeah. So
1: like when you're like what imagine I'm not here. What are you what's right. what's what are your <laughs>
0: <laughs> And you're having more fun. <laughs> Just
1: monologuing
0: to myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what what are your what are your real like what what when you finish watching Back to the Future 2 what is your yeah. your your major just preoccupation or thing that's still just like it's still not there for you not that it ever will be nor should it but just like is it just the things we've already talked about
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it just and and, and honestly it comes down to me problems not movie problems. I there are certainly movie problems. Yeah. But my big issues with the movie are just me flexing ownership that I don't technically have. Right. It's like, but my Marty wouldn't do that. But my Marty wouldn't grow up to be this guy. But my Biff is an asshole, but he's not a monster. Um, he is kind of a monster in the first one, but he's like a high school monster. Uh, he's not, I mean, you know, quite
1: a you know. He's old. He's old date rapey. Yeah. Yo, yeah.
0: quite. Yeah. Uh, not
1: even. Not even his date.
0: Does um, he
1: have a date? He doesn't even have a no, date. No, he, he goes stag. He goes. He brings. Yeah. He brings the almanac. That's right. <laughs> he's got the girls in the almanac. Those are his.
0: I love Ooh that sequel when,
1: when he's locked in Strickland's office. office and yeah. he's, I, I, that, that's fun. Ooh um, la la. Here, here's, here's another thing for you. If I, I understand that there wasn't any original intent to make a sequel. Yeah. If, if Back to the Future 1 had ended before Doc comes back. Yeah and it just closes on marty and jennifer with the truck and everything else. Yeah. And like you earlier I'm formulating this in my head as I'm saying it. And back to the future 2 began with that scene and okay. then no marty you got to come back with me. If that was new, do you think you would feel differently about it? I'm kind of asking you an impossible question, but like I guess I guess the root of my question is if you feel like to kind of not spoils the end of one or i know you're not really saying that i'm putting words in your mouth but like it's it's taking it's it's taking it to a place you're not sure it should go if that was entirely new and it went there do you think you would feel any differently about it like if it wasn't soiling the end of the first one at all or or i don't
0: really know i don't i don't don't think so because again it's more about the characters overall and not so much about because to be fair, it takes it in exactly the direction it promises. It says, We're going to the future right. to something do something about kids. your kids, yeah. you know? Um I don't I don't think Michael J. Fox's performance as Marty McFly Jr. is very funny. It seems yeah. to be going for laughs, but it's not especially funny. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, you know, again, to me, the MVP of this series is always Christopher Lloyd. I, I just, I just, I just, I understand like, oh, he's one note or oh, he's just doing the same thing. But that thing is really hard. Um, again, speaking of Mario Brothers movie, like sometimes doing the thing that you are used to or expect, it's like, yeah. no it's actually really difficult to nail. It's difficult to get right. Um, obviously, you know, I guess if we just want to talk about the cast, obviously Leah Thompson, you know, is 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 back and, and doing Leah Thompson things, and they're great. Um, I I also I think Thomas Wilson is is really good. He gets I, the biggest showcase. He gets the too, biggest. He gets so many different things to do. You know, yeah. I think that and as you said, Looney Tunes and, um, you know. I don't know. Sometimes I get caught at wicked awards season. when We talk about best versus most, right? Yeah, yeah, best yeah, cin- yeah. Best cinematography is really just most cinematography. <laughs> best acting is just most acting. You know, there's an argument that this is just most movie. You know, there's right. just so much, right. and so by default, you have to be able to do so many different things. Um, you have so many different showcases and all that, but I don't know. I, I this this just mostly on the whole works for me, and it still really does. And I think it, as much as Your emotional attachment to one is, you know, is driving a lot of your process. I think, frankly, I'm in the same boat for two, where my emotional attachment to two, I think when I think of Back to the Future Part Two, I think of my grandfather's study. When I would go to my grandparents' house, I would go into his study and my grandfather catalog. i talked about this before. My grandfather would tape movies off of HBO. Um, on cassette tapes and in the laundry room there was a gigantic shelf of two 300 tapes and he had them numbered and in an address book every movie was listed in alphabetical order with a corresponding tape nice. so you would you open the book back to future 2 187 go into the laundry room grab 187 off the shelf there would also be like five episodes of next gen on there too you know like this you know, <laughs> is a you, bonus you, know, you had to use a cassette tape you had to use right. it all you know you want to get the most out of it and i would pop that in and i would sit and eat i would lay on the bed in my grandfather's study or sit at the desk and watch back to future 2 and eat orange slices and drink root beer that's i just i just that's my emotional like orange actual
0: slice. orange slices or that weird gumdrop no, candy no orange candy
1: sorry candy okay. orange slices yes yeah
0: i know the ones slices. you're talking about
1: um and so so it's just as much of a you know just emotional for me and nostalgia but i still yeah. but, but i still recognize how formative it was for me like it's not just nostalgia like oh i love lightsabers it's like no i'm remembering a very sort of key formative moment in my life and that's influencing so much of what i'm saying today
0: this was this was my existential existential dilemma on the rookie last week where i was like do i like the rookie because my dad took me to see it after like he left my mom right uh yeah i didn't really grow up watching back to the future too i saw it the the weekend it opened with a friend of mine I would have been like eleven or twelve, and then have seen it a couple more times in my lifetime. I've seen it definitely more than three. I've this was only probably my third time ever seeing Back to the Future three, um, and I've seen Back to the Future two. I mean, probably twenty times, you know. Whereas part one, I've seen I don't know. 100 is
1: it times. is it the thing where like two just sours you, so you're like oh, I'm not going to watch three. Like I don't really need to.
0: No, for a long time I didn't bother with three because I just didn't think I liked it. I was like, "Well, two is the one I like." Doug and well, I also weren't was...
1: as into westerns.
0: True. Before that is true. I definitely like westerns more now than I did even when I probably started after this movie.
1: Are we Are we doing a three show?
0: We're just at this point. I feel. like. I mean, we can. I just, just don't gonna... know what we're going to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> except like, you know, yeah, they go to the west. There's a train. He turns They're... the train into a time machine. Spoilers.
1: I mean, that does happen.
0: wake up juice i always remember wake up juice
1: get him some wake up juice
0: i do appreciate the fact that two does so much with the time machine because obviously in one the time machine gets us to the past needs to to get us back to the present but is not functional for most of the movie you know and two they're like no the time machine works we can use it to go anywhere and they do you know they hit all these different time periods um
1: i like that biff old biff can't fly it and so it's got that like jagged. I always remember like the. I guess it's probably on a crane or something, you know. Or if, I don't think it was a model. I guess I'd have to go back and look. But um, he can't land the DeLorean, so I always remember in my head. I always have an image of it like kind of jaggedly taking off and landing because <laughs> he's bad at it.
0: Do you need to see Old Biff have a heart attack and die on screen? No, no. I'm glad they caught that. Yeah, there's a there's a scene that's that's that shows Biff. Uh, I mean, it's more or less in the movie, isn't it? No, they cut it out.
1: the The scene where he's he's he falls to the ground and he vanishes.
0: Yes, the vanishing is cut out of the movie, but the Uh-oh. him clutching his chest and falling to the ground is still in the movie. Is this
1: still in the movie? Maybe yeah. I'm conflating the two, and maybe I've forgotten.
0: No, you probably
1: don't. I think the idea of it being like erasing him from the timeline. I mean, there's all kinds of not even you know. Let's pull a looper here and say we don't even want to talk about time travel because because <laughs> Doc's Doc's uh, 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 opinions, his prime directive changes every other minute. Listen, we got to go and we got to fix everything that happened. Also, don't look at anybody or talk to anything <laughs> because you could fuck everything up. But also, we need to fix it. But don't talk about it. Yeah. Also, go talk to your son. Also, <laughs> wait. Also, don't do that. Um, don't bet on sports. Right. But also, we need to fix everything because you're the protagonist and we need to make it better for you. Like it's just, but, but it's okay because the movie needs to happen.
0: I listened to, I re-listened to some of the Blank Check Back to the Future 2 episode, which I shouldn't have done because I I normally don't like to because I don't want their thoughts influencing mine. And I hopefully have done a good job of separating the two. But one of the things they say up front is like, yeah, Back to the Future is a great movie. I mean, they don't call it a mess. I forget what they say. But something along the lines of like, I mean, it's kind of a mess, but like, it's perfect. Right. What planet are we on? Where Back to the Future is kind of a mess. We're we're both we're
1: both big fans of the Blank Check show, and and David Sims is one of my favorite writing critics. I, I love reading David's. I subscribe to the Atlantic just to read Sims's uh, reviews. Um, and sometimes they fire off hot takes <laughs> like that, and I'm just like, hold on, what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> I I just didn't know we were living on a planet where Back to the Future is messy. I just I thought no, the whole it's not. well that's of the same that thing, and and I think
1: it. that's an easy adjective you know, that people will throw out there sometimes. You know, people were people were saying that about about Beau is Afraid this week too, um, uh, including a lot of critics that I that I, I respect, where they were saying they were talking about how it's you know a word that I use in reviews disjointed or a mess. Um, it's not. Mm-hmm. Bo-, Bo is afraid, as anybody who's seen it, if you're listening to this, it's not a mess. It's very long and yeah. arduous, but yeah. thematically, everything it's doing is very consistent, um, and we can talk about that when you see it. But okay. um, I think that sometimes like movies that do a lot and go in a lot of different places, it's like, oh, it's a mess. It's like, no, not not really. I think that's got a very specific definition. If you're clashing tonally, that's to me, when, when I think of it, movies a mess. I think either the plot is all over the place, like it's not connect their there's lack of yeah. connections with the plot, or thematically it's clashing with itself, or tonally it's clashing, and that that that's different. Back to the Future is like it's a it's a it's a airtight screenplay. Yeah. Like <laughs> how could yeah. it be a mess? I don't get it.
0: Uh, Bo's afraid. Is it is it dealing with emotions that are messy? Yeah. Because I think that's maybe what they're conflating.
1: Yeah, I think that's what people talk about. Ah, the movie's a mess. It's like, no, it's just three hours and you're tired by the end. Like right. I, like even when even when I was texting you and Adam the night I saw it where I'm like I don't I don't know if I think I might hate this but it's brilliant. Like it's yeah. it's definitely doing. It's it's you know, it's about guilt, it's about shame, it's about I think I said something like it, you know, Ari Aster needed 3 hours to tell you that, you know, uh, certain mothers are overbearing. You know, it's like but, but that, that's kind of what the movie's about, you know, but that doesn't make it any less true, you know. Um but uh no the, the, we love the blank check boys, uh, but they're they're they were they were wrong there.
0: <laughs> where does uh Bo Afraid rank amongst Ari Aster's other movies for me, yeah
1: i honestly, when I think about them, I think they all I like all of them, and I think they all have the same problems um I don't know that Ari Aster is a guy that i'll I'll follow anywhere after okay. I've seen three of his movies. I guess the movie I like the most is Midsummer, although I've definitely rewatched it and and I've still never seen that director's cut. I'd be interested in seeing it.
0: Yeah, I haven't either. Um,
1: I think personally that although Pew is great, everybody's great in his other movies, but I lo- I think he's starting to put his Wes Anderson stable together because he's now got enough clout to pull actors that he really knows are going to like fit his tone specifically like i think i wrote this like in my review, where it's just like you, you pull some character actors in there there's a nathan lane performance in there that's just like everything you want from him but also use in a really insidious way that's really interesting obviously joaquin phoenix is a giant weirdo and it's he, can, <laughs> he should play giant weirdos and that's all fine um so i would say they're honestly i feel like they're probably all the same for me right now okay like, there's none there's none that i like more than any other i like them all okay
0: were we a little too quick to anoint him as like this brilliant singular voice
1: that's not something we do patrick i don't know okay. what you're what you're talking about we,
0: <laughs> when we i say we i don't mean you and me we I don't
1: mean, immediately uh, no I'm, I'm joking i'm saying Twitter, like, we, right. we as a culture do not immediately right. anoint new masters based on uh <laughs> insufficient uh, one or two movies I can uh, I can make a, a pastiche of three other movies I've seen, and therefore I'm a brilliant visionary. <laughs> well, well, okay, good luck. Anyway, anyway anything else
0: about Back to the Future 2 you want to say?
1: Just that I love it, and I know it's yeah. broken and messy and nihilistic and mean, and I fucking love it anyway.
0: All right, nice. Well, thanks for talking about this with me. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you guys for listening very much. As always, go to FThisMovie.com every day for cool new movie shit. Like and subscribe to our podcast. New episodes come out every Wednesday. Go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fthismovie for reserved seating starring Rob and Adam every Thursday. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash fthismovie for bonus content. Email us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and I'm out. Uh, That's it. Thanks, Rob.
1: You're all a bunch of Tranks, Lobos, and Zipheads. I love you.